Appreciate everyone's presence tonight. Um, hopefully you'll be benefited by being here. Appreciate the song service we've had. I'll tell you, uh, this morning when Charles got up and made the announcement that Stanley was preaching tonight, I felt a great relief. And then David got up and straightened him out. So, you know, uh, I, it, it done two things for me. I, I really enjoy Stanley's preaching. And it freed up my whole afternoon, but David took it away from me again. So, appreciate you being here tonight. I hope that something we'll say will be beneficial to you. Let me get my PowerPoint going here. I want to start out with this verse in Proverbs. Proverbs 14, 14 says, The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. That graph there that I've drawn, it doesn't represent my backsliding. I won't tell you that. It's just a generic graph. But uh, I think we all are to give some thought to our growth as a Christian. You know, and where we're at today, we were, where we were at last year, last week, you know, and where we're going to be next week, next year. And, and if we don't put thought into it, it's likely we won't do anything about it. You know, we got to think about it first and put a plan together and then try to act on that plan. And uh, I need this lesson more than anybody here, uh, and trust me. Uh, you know, I talk about this kind of stuff a lot, and that's the reason why. Because it's something I struggle with, keeping my heart right and doing the things I need to do in my life. And I think most of you probably have the same problems that I have. You know, the, the life that we lead does not match up. The life that we try to lead does not match up well with the world that we live in and the people that are around us most of the time. So I want to I talk a little bit about backsliding tonight, and maybe in a little different way than we think of it when we talk about a backsliding Christian. I just want to think about it in a way that we're not making any progress you know, or we're losing ground or we're not showing any growth. That's, that's the way I want to look at it. And uh, hopefully I can get my point across and, and maybe it'll help you in your, uh, in your living day to day. The next verse I want to look at here is what Paul wrote in the Corinthian letter. And what I want to highlight in the next couple of verses is this, is, this uh, problem that I'm talking about is nothing new. We all can lose ground. We all can, be, can fall away to some extent, even to the extent that we're lost. But I think we need to keep our momentum up in our growth and our study habits and uh, keep growing as we, as we go through life and not lose ground. We're all going to have, have uh, tight spots. We're all going to have rough spots in the road where, you know, things happen. Our health, maybe, or family problems, or money problems. Things happen that distract us in this life and take away from what we should be doing as a Christian or maybe distract our minds. And, you know, 
this, these, these words that Paul penned here mean a lot to me because I realize that I'm not the only one with this problem. He says, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. If the Apostle Paul can become a castaway, so can we. The next verse I want to look at is in Timothy. Here it's Paul writing again to the young evangelist. And he says, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Here he's specifically talking about the care of the widows in the congregation. And he's giving instruction to Timothy. But I think we can use this in a lot broader sense. You know, we have responsibilities in life, in this life to take care of as Christians. And when we fail to do that, even though we may look like a Christian on the outside, and we may claim to be a Christian, if we're not fulfilling those responsibilities that we have as a Christian by taking care of our own in this example, then we maybe have a problem. Another letter of the Apostle Paul, Corinthians 10, 1 through 12 says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat that same spiritual meat, and did all drink that same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. That rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as they as were some of them, as it is written. People sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. So all these things that are written in God's word, and these examples that Paul points out here, are written to admonish us in how to lead our lives and to avoid the pitfalls and the traps that Satan puts out in the world for us. And we need to be aware of that at all times, and we need to train our children to be aware of those traps. So tonight I want to think about the heart of a backslider. By using the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, I want to look at three different types of hearts that we want to avoid having in order not to become a backslider as I've defined it tonight. These three different hearts that we're going to look at, they have no realization of the power of the word. They do nothing with it. They may be introduced to it, they may be exposed to it, but they don't do anything with it. 
with that knowledge. Number two, they have no understanding of the fundamental principles of being a Christian. They don't feed it. You know, they might have, may, might have become a Christian. They might have accepted Christ. But they stop at that, and they just coast, and they don't grow. And that's where a lot of us fall in if we're not careful, is we, we, we join the church, and we wear the name, but we're not growing. And we're not growing because we're not feeding it. Number three, no restraint from the evil in their heart. They, they've accepted Christ. They claim to be a Christian. But they don't keep out all the evil things that are in the world out of their heart. And it destroys them. And it allows it, uh, the world to choke out the light. So these things, three things I want you to be thinking about as we go through this parable. We'll notice here that there's three different reasons that person backslides. So uh, I'm going to go right into the parable now. So it's quite lengthy if you want to look at Matthew 13, 1 through 8 is where we're going to start. I'll have it on the PowerPoint as well. But In the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. And some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear? Let him hear. He says, are you listening? Then we, we move on to chapter, uh, verse 18 of that same chapter, and Christ here gives the interpretation of that parable to his apostles. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, and then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the word by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word. And he anon with joy receiveth it, yet he, he hath not root in himself. But endureth for a while, and when tribulation or persecution ariseth, because of the world and by and by, he is offended. He also received seed among the thorns, and he that heareth not the word, and the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and he become unfruitful. But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word, understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. So as we think about this parable of the sower, 
we see that the seed is the word, the word of God. The soils mentioned here are the hearts of men. In the parable, there are four types of soils discussed. Growth and fruit bearing are dependent on the soil type and the resources spent on that plant. Planting conditions are varied and call for different types of care. You know, many of you are farmers here. Many of you come from a farming family. Many, all of you practically have a yard that you work in or a garden. And that's why Jesus uses a parable like this. So it, it's something simple, something that we can understand, something that's, that's used in our day-to-day -day lives. And we can draw a parallel to this parable in our life in the lives of those around us. So when we think about a Christian and the Christian's heart being the soul in this parable, you know, it, it compels us all to do the best we can to have good soul to plant that word in. You know, and, and we are all in a different place in our lives. We, uh, we all have different backgrounds. We all had different raising, upraising. We, we all, many of us are in different economic uh, situations. And so, you know, the soil's a little different for all of us. And uh, being close here in this, this church helps. You know, helps us all have that common ground and we can help each other and it gives us strength and that's something very beneficial about the local congregation that, that we can use to bless our lives. But when you think about a new Christian out there, a new person out in the world that's just exposed to Christ, and he's, he's been involved in the world, and uh, that ground's not going to be real good for germination. That heart's going to have a lot of lot of things that 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 person's got to overcome and I think that when we look at this first example that's what I feel like is is uh, the problem with that heart there's no realization of what the word is uh, realizing the significance of God's word and importance and the importance of it you know, Matthew 13 and 18 and 19, it said, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower, when anyone that heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, and then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart, this is he which received the seed, the seed by the wayside. So in the parable, we, we have the sower scattering seed liberally. And uh, I've put in several yards in my time. And, and, you know, we use a little broadcast spreader when we spread that grass seed. And you spread it everywhere. You know, I mean, you can't keep from it. You know, you're just scattering it and it's going everywhere. And you get some on the driveway and you get some, you know, on the road. And, and, but some of it's in the, in the soil that you spend a lot of time on. And you fertilized it, you tilled it, you raked it, you got every, all the trash out of it. You're, you're watering it good. You're trying to take care of it, and that seed's going to make it. But that seed out there on the edge and in the perimeters, and nobody's taking care of it, 
that seed, it's going to be really hard for it to take root. You know, and, and when I think about somebody that's, that's not used to being around a, a church home like this, and they're out in the world, and they're doing things that, are, that happen out in the world, I see that heart having a hard time germinating that seed. But it's possible, and it, it, it helps if folks like us help them do that. You know, we, we got we to gotta understand that they're not in the same situation as one of these children that we raise up here in this, in this building. They've got different circumstances, and they have different challenges. And I think, you know, just, and I may be getting a lot of stuff out of this parable that maybe you hadn't thought about before and, and not looked at it like this before, but it, it just struck me that, you know, these different types of soil are different conditions of men's hearts. And we need to be aware of that so we can help. You know, we're God's husbandmen. We're to help encourage the growth wherever that seed falls, in whatever type of heart it's in, to do what we can to help it grow. And uh, I don't feel like I've done that well in the past. I want to do better at it. And I want to challenge you to do better at it. Matthew 13, 20 and 21 says, But he that receiveth the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet he hath not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. You know, this seed, he sprouts, he takes root, but the growing conditions aren't great. And nobody's working at it. It's hard to grow crops on rocky ground. They take a lot of care. You know, rocks are not a good thing to a farmer. And we're blessed in this country. We've got a lot of good soil, a lot of good, good top soil. But there's places in the country that they have to run rock pickers all across the field before they can they can use it and way back when when uh, they didn't have rock pickers they had their kids out there picking up rocks so they could make a crop and uh, so that ground takes a lot more work a lot more effort but it can make it but it, it's it's dependent on somebody doing a lot of work and so you know if you find your heart in this condition you need to recognize that, and you need to put forth the extra work it takes to keep that seed growing, to keep that word growing in your heart, in your faith growing. Being a follower of Christ takes work, takes work on yourself. Sometimes you have to change your environment. You have to pick up the rocks and get rid of them. You need to change the people you associate with. You need to create conditions in your life where faith can grow and prosper. That's what we got to do. And, you know, sometimes I've found myself in this position. Maybe I, I, I wasn't growing like I should have grown, and I wasn't taking care of the soul. I wasn't taking care of my heart like I should have. Matthew 22, 
It says, He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. This is another example here. This seed, he, he sprouts and he grows, but there's lots of weeds to contend with. This heart needs diligent care to overcome these distractions. These things that are they're vying for all the all the time and all the effort. You know, weed seeds never go away either. When I thought about this, when I thought about a lot of things in my my past, you know, fighting with uh, with weeds out in the crop and and uh, once you get a new weed on a crop, on a, on a farm, that weed's always there. You know, you can get rid of it, you know, for that year maybe. You keep working on it and working on it, and you may not see it when you drive by, but you, you turn your head, you, uh, you don't take care of it for a while, and all of a sudden it's back. And that's the thing about when you let bad things into your life, they have a, a way of creating seed themselves. And they, the longer you leave them alone, the more they grow and multiply and the harder they get to get rid of. And that's why, you know, your parents, you young people, your parents always are trying to protect you, trying to keep your minds pure, trying to keep you from being introduced to things that will corrupt you. And that's why. They know that once you're exposed, you've always got that in your mind. And you can't get it out. And that's the way a field is. I remember 30 years ago, I, I started farming this farm. My, my father-in-law had been farming it. Him, uh, him and his brother had been farming it for years. And I got to start farming it. And there was a house on part of that farm. It was a clean farm. It, it was pretty good farm but there was a house there that we were going to tear down and apparently in the backyard of that house this lady had planted a morning glory plant one plant right in the in the backyard of this little house at the time I didn't even know what a morning glory was and the last year that or that first year that, that I did that I I I tore that house down, and we were going to put a pivot on the place. But I, I listed my rows Lyle north and south all the way. I didn't go in the circle. I listed them north and south. And I was on the combine. I had it planted corn. I was on the combine, and I can remember that like it's yesterday. I'm, I'm running that combine. It's late. And I see these. I run into this spot, and there's these morning glories all over everything. And I don't even know what they are. You know, I should have stopped and backed out and burned it. But, but I didn't. I just, phew, half a mile right straight through. And for the next 30 years, somebody fought morning glories all over that farm because I did that. Well, that's the way sin is, guys. You know, the least little thing can happen, and you're not aiming to, and you get exposed to it, and then you're dealing with it the rest of your life. And maybe not just you. Maybe your family, your parents, your spouse. You got to be careful. You got to be diligent 
And that's what this parable is talking about. You know, the, the desires that, that men have in the world, everybody wants to make a lot of money. Everybody wants to have a lot of stuff. And all that gets in the way sometimes of doing what you should do as a Christian. And so you need to always remember that and throttle back your needs, your wants and desires, and just take care of your needs. And, and I think every one of us probably deal with that at some level. Last one here we're talking about is the good ground. Well, that's the ground that's been really taken care of, you know. It's, it's been taken care of, and it's fertilized, and it's watered. There's somebody out there paying attention, and if something's not right, well, they're taking care of it. Our faith in God and his promises is the most valuable thing that we have. It demands our attention and our diligence to protect it. Encourage it and help it grow. We have to realize the significance of what we have in God's word. Belief, faith, we need to feed it. We need to study and read and pray and sing and commune. That's how we do that. And we have to work. We have to restrain our desires and remove sin from our lives. And we have to incorporate the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, through 25 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. 2 Peter 1, 1 through 10 says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according to his divine power, hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you, and abound, they make you that you shall never be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do those, these things, we shall never fall. These are the things we need to be spending our time and our effort on, adding these to our lives and keeping them in our lives. And we need to be diligent about getting the soul right, you know, so we can take care of that word, that faith that's growing. And then we can help others.
that's all I've got to say tonight. If we've said anything that might be beneficial to one, if there's one here that would like to be a member of the body of Christ, well, we're here to assist you. Or if you'd like the prayers of the church, please come while we stand and sing.